Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. I'm going to give the, the I'm going to give the musicians a break. So I'm going to uh, I'm, we're we're going to release the word and then and then we're going to release you. How many still want to hear the word this morning? That's why you come to church to, to get the whole package. Second Corinthians. Sorry, no, not Second Corinthians. Let's turn real quick. Let's get your Bibles out. And I have something that uh, I only have really about two scriptures today, but I have five key powerful truths that I'm gonna, is going to help you when it comes to any type of relationship. How many of you, by the, by the raising up of, of your hands, at one point in your life have had a relational conflict with somebody? Okay, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm waiting. Okay. Okay. So the rest of you are either were born yesterday or you just don't want to lift up your hands. How many don't, won't lift your hands no matter what I say? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I'm going to give you today something that is amazing because sometimes I brought some illustration here today. Could you guys see this? Can you guys see this? A lot of times in the kingdom of God, uh, we are, we, we, we're looking for one answer um, in the sense to, uh, to be applied for all of our problems. Even though we know Jesus is the answer. How many know Jesus is the answer? That we have to take off that spiritual bubble and that religious uh, hat sometimes that says that, that there's not other principles that God has given us to unlock freedom in our lives. So for some things regarding healing, some things regarding relational conflict or hurt, there, there's very rarely that it's just one key. There's so many other aspects because, listen, you could love someone and not forgive them. That's two keys. So if you only just love or if you just forgive uh, then, then, and, that, and you don't have both, then you're not going to have. So, there, you know, a key opens up a lock, right? So that's usually what we do. But there's some, there's some things that you can't open with just one key. There's some things that require combinations of things to open. Right now, this lock is locked. And I want you to, to realize that in our heart and our mind... We have been trapped and locked uh, by emotional pain that relationships have caused us, whether it's romantic relationships, whether it's co-worker relationships, whether it's your job, whether it's your church. And we, we, we never want to address the elephant in the room when it comes to relationships. Why? Because it's too painful. And I want to give you, a, 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 the scripture that I'm going to give you, there's four main combinations. And there's one that, this, that is, I'm going to start with that is not in this scripture, but is laced all over scripture. Today I'm going to give you five prophetic combinations to open up the lock that has trapped you emotionally when it comes to relationships. Come on, say amen. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 47, you know in the good old days they used to have like four-hour church service. I'm not going to have that today. <laughs> Someone's like, no, please, Pastor, don't. Matthew 5, real quick. I'm going to try to do this in 25 minutes here. Five, uh, but, but the good thing is that you come to hear the word of the Lord, so I'm grateful for that. Look at what it says in verse 43. If you're there, say amen. amen. Jesus said, if you, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, now, if you have a pen or if you have a highlighter or, or in the app that you have, I want you to highlight these things because we're going to focus on these because these are going to be the combinations, okay? And uh, get ready back there for the graphic slides that we're going to put up. You have heard, I uh, mean, um, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Everybody say love. 
These are specific instructions that I'm going to give you from Jesus Christ himself on the combinations that we need to do to open up what has been trapping us relationally. Some of you married folks need to hear this because it's not just your enemies. I want you to take this not only verbatim about people that are your enemies, but in every relationship. Can I hear an amen? So he said, love your enemies. Number two, bless those who curse you. Everybody say bless. Then he said, do good to those who hate you. Everybody say do good. Hmm. Do good to those who hate you. And pray. Everybody say pray. For those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now here's the result of doing that. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. You, you come into your identity relationship by doing the, the things that Jesus would do. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who only love you, what reward do you have? Preach Jesus. Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only in church... What do you do more than others? Do not even tax collectors do so. And everyone said? Now, even though this is a specific command from Jesus, how many know that it's still pretty hard to do when you try to flush it out in the natural? It's all fine and dandy when we read it in on paper, but when we are applying these truths to our lives, it is much harder to pray for those who spitefully use you than to just read it and say amen. It is much harder, to, it's much easier to read that and say, wow, that's, a, that's really good. That's, you know, the Lord is beautiful. But wait till you get to some relational conflict. Wait till you have your marriages uh, go, go upside down and your friendships go upside down and see if you would do good to them. See if you really bless them. And so it go, the reason why it's hard is because it goes against everything that is in our nature when we are either offended, wounded, or hurt in every relationship. Now, I'll pause and say this. This is not in my notes. A lot of times when we are hurt or someone hurt us, I just, I just sense this from the Lord. It's not in my notes. But the other person sometimes doesn't even know that they hurt you. Sometimes we've put false expectations on them. We've never talked to them about it. And now we carry a hurt and offense in a marriage, in a relationship, in a friendship, in a church community. Because we put these expectations on people without them ever knowing about it. And it's most of the time, when you have to set up a meeting to talk to them, they're like, I never knew I hurt you. So there's a, there's a, there's a truth behind that. And so there's a hidden mystery, say a hidden mystery, uh, when we do these combinations, and I want to share a personal story today that I have never shared in my life that has to do with more than just one key, all right, when it comes to, to, uh, uh, to freedom. Because the one key that we've always asked for is, is I'm going to say in a, in a second, but I want you to put that first slide up, okay? Just as a safe needs multiple combinations to unlock the um, to, to unlock, there are spiritual combinations that help unlock our heart and mind from pain caused in relationships. I'm, that was so good that I'm going to read that again. Just as a safe needs multiple combinations, it just not has one, it doesn't need two. It needs multiple, all three. In this case, there's a five lock safe. Spiritual combinations that are help unlock our hearts and cause us to grow and be healed in our relationships. And I'm going to give you those five keys, but we're going to do them one at a time, okay? The five, the five, the five combination is going to be forgiveness, love, 
bless, do good, and pray. Now, huh? it's still locked. But when you pay attention to it, it's going to open once you do these combinations. Not just one. Not just one. Because in any relationship, if all you do is forgive and don't do some of the others, then you're going to be handicapped in your healing. Can I hear an amen? Come on, say amen. So the first combination, combination number one, is, is forgiveness. And now, forgiveness is not verbatim in this scripture that Jesus said, but it's laced in its principle. And it's because it's impossible to have any restoration of any kind without forgiveness. So forgiveness, even though it's not in the verbatim verbiage here, when the whole principle behind what Jesus is saying is in the, in the, in the principle of forgiving, love and all these things. So forgiveness is the number one combination, the first combination that you must have and you must choose to do if you ever want to restore a marriage, a friendship, a, a relationship with your, with your co-workers or friends. If you have no forgiveness, there could be no healing. Can I hear amen? Now, I, in my life, I had, come on, my, my amen corner is a little weak. Come on, Pastor John, stir him up. <laughs> in my life, I've had about three or four powerful quotes that I've adapted in my life on forgiveness. I'm going to share them with you, okay? Now, they're not going to be on the screen, but I want you, if you can, to write these quotes down. The first combination is forgiveness. Say forgiveness. So the first quote that I want to release to you about forgiveness, and these are the quotes that I hold dear. They sound cliche, but please don't look at them this morning as cliches. Look at them as prophetic truths that you need to apply in your life. The first combination to unlock the safe of your heart and the safe of your mind that's been trapped by pain is forgiveness. And so here's a couple quotes that I have picked up throughout my life that is going to significantly help you when it comes to understanding forgiveness. Are you ready? The first quote is, forgiveness is not a feeling, it's a decision. Write that down. Forgiveness is not a feeling, it's a decision. When we seek to restore any relationship, whether it's romantic or friendships, or even uh, uh, church-related, uh, ministry-related, we cannot go by feelings if we want to be obedient to forgive. And married folks, husband and wives, I've been married. You, can, you need to make a decision right now. Throw feelings out the window when it comes to your obedience to forgive. Because if you left it up to feelings, you will go months without doing that. And sometimes you develop a hard heart. And even when you do forgive, you don't mean it. So I forgive you. Forget it. So feelings are your enemy when it comes to forgiveness. And remember, forgiveness is not a feeling, it's a decision. That's why Jesus, when he was on the cross, he didn't feel good. How many, how many know that he, he wasn't laughing at the cross? Man, this, these nails are just so awesome feeling right now. Man, this is, this is um, I've been waiting all my, no, he was in agony. And what did he say when he was in agony? What, what did he say? Father what? Feeling went out the window, and everything was a decision to forgive. Sometimes in our relational conflict, we need to bypass our feeling and just decide, I'm going to forgive. Come on, say amen. And you need to forgive, all right? So this is, this is, this is very true. Because, as a matter of fact, we go by feelings 99% of the time that we need to forgive is because we've been hurt. So we can't go by feelings, all right? The second quote I want to say about forgiveness is this. You can write this down. It's not going to be on the screen. Unforgiveness, oh, this is going to be a slap in some of all's face. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Unforgiveness 
is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. So we drink the poison of unforgiveness because people have hurt us relationally. And when we choose to not forgive because they hurt us, we're actually the one drinking the poison and we're waiting for them to die. We're waiting for people to die. People that have fractured relationships or hurt in their relationships have held on to anger and they let their anger get the best of them. And if you realize that you're the one dying inside, then you have to realize this quote is that you're the drinking the poison. Let's get rid of the poison today. Stop holding on to unforgiveness because when you hold on to unforgiveness, you're the one drinking the poison. And they're the ones that hurt you and, and yet you're the one who's dying. Can I hear an amen? amen. Third quote on forgiveness. We're combination number one. Third quote that has, changed, that has ruled my life when it comes to forgiveness. It's a little big. It's a little lengthy. But I, I want to give it to you. Forgiving others does not condone what was done to you, nor does it set the other person free. But forgiving others sets you free. So forgiving others does not condone the bad behavior or the bad uh, patterns that relationships happen in friendships, in churches, when people abuse their power. It doesn't condone their fleshliness. It doesn't condone their, come on, can I hear an amen? It doesn't, so forgiving, the, some people think forgiveness is soft and it's for, it's for wimps because we think that we're letting them slide. No, you're not letting them slide. You're actually setting yourself free. You've been in a cage all your life, and if you choose to forgive, it doesn't set the other person free, nor does it condone what they did, but it sets you free from the prison, and the doors are wide open. And you know what's, you know what's amazing? God, in a weird way, has given us the ability to set our own selves free by applying forgiveness. So if we can set ourselves free, we could actually enslave ourselves too. That's a whole other message. But we decide to enslave ourselves, right? The last quote. Because I'm trying, I'm trying to hurry to get you guys out by hopefully by 12, 20, 12, 30. Amen? The spirit, someone laughed. Oh, man. All right. The last one. The spirit, here's the, the last one before we go to combination number two. All right? Are you getting something this morning? The last quote. The spirit of offense or unforgiveness will never let you go. You must choose to let it go. The spirit of unforgiveness or the spirit of offense, it will never let you go, ever. It will never choose to lose its grip on you. You have to choose to lose its grip. I heard a story years ago about an African uh, native tribe that it was, uh, it was circling around. Not sure how true it is, but it was a, it's a very famous story. And it, uh, this native African tribe figured out years ago how to trap monkeys. And what they would do is they would drill a little hole. Uh, these, these natives would drill a hole in a tree. Now, listen to this. Big enough for their open hand of the monkey to go in and grab the food. They would put food in there as a trap. And when the monkey would come in and put in or, or, uh, their hand to get the prize, watch this, or the food that they thought they owned and they thought they captured on their own, they were so desperate to have that that when they were going to come out, the hole was not big enough to have a closed fist come out. The hole was only big enough to have an open hand. But when they had the food and they, listen, they held on to the food and refused to let them go. They trapped their own selves because they, more, they were more concerned about holding on to something at the expense of their desperation and being trapped than to let go and be free. 
All the monkey had to do was to let go of the food, slip his hand out, and he would be free. But in his mind, he says, I can't let go. This is too precious for me. Or let's do it, uh, 2018 version. I can't let go of that pain. I can't let go of that anger. You don't know what they did to me. But if you let go, let it go, let it go. And all the, all the girls are like, yes. You let go. You let, watch this. You may let go of the food, but you just set yourself free. You know what? You may let, have let go of the, of, the, of the words been spoken to you. You may have said, okay, I, I, I dismissed that. But what you did by letting go is you set yourself free. But you know what would happen to that monkey? Because it let go, it gave enough time for the native uh, tribesmen to come and kill the monkey. You know what happens when you, let, when you hold on to something relationally? The demonic spirits are being chased and going to try to arrive in your, in your destination. If you hold on to that long enough, it's going to catch up to you. Can I hear an amen? So everybody say the first combination is forgiveness. To unlock the safe of the trap that's of hurt relationally. And the second one, and I'm not going to spend too much time on it because we talked about it two weeks ago, is the first word that is in Matthew 5 that I just read. The second combination is the word love. Say love. You and I cannot heal fractured relationships without the love of God. Not an emotional love, not a, not a love even of a romantic love. It has to be agape love. Agape love is the only love that will withstand brutality, injustice, and release unconditional uh, feelings of love in return. And so the Bible says, love your enemies. So I'm not saying... Now, he's saying enemies, but what I'm saying prophetically is don't only limit it to enemies. We need to love our spouse well. We need to love our church family well. We need to love our bosses well. That doesn't mean that you condone it, but here's the key to get rid of a lot of hurt and pain. Love that's agape, not emotional, will win all the time. The Bible says love never fails. So guess what? If you want about a thousand relationally, always learn how to love agape to that other person. You will never, ever, ever fail. You say, how about me, Lord? How about me? Can I get it? You will reap one day, but you, so you may not reap it from the person that you're sowing it into, but you're going to reap it because God sees it. Can I hear an amen? Now, does, does that mean that you allow them to step all over you and that, that you allow, no, but you love them. You love, you love them, and, and, and just like we said two weeks ago, the, the very nature of agape love has restorative restoration power in it. Why? Because Jeremiah 33, I, I said this two weeks ago, but for those of you who are not here, says, I have loved you with a what? Everlasting love, right? But then the very next sentence says, and I will build you up again and rebuild you. He didn't bump his head. He's saying my everlasting love has the capacity within itself to rebuild and restore you. My love is, and, and, and you know, this was a drop mic moment. We, we talked two weeks ago on 1 Corinthians 13. And we said that the, def, the very first definition of love is, come on, don't, don't, shake, don't, elbow, you, don't, elbow, your, don't elbow your spouse right now. Love is patient. Oh, that's so hard sometimes. Love is patient. And then in the NLT in 1 Corinthians, at the end of that description of love, it says love holds no record of being wronged. Notice it didn't say love doesn't keep record of, of you being wrong. It says love, being, love holds no record of, you, of being wronged 
to yourself of other people wronging you. Some of, in some of our relationships, we have a tallied system in our, in our spirit. Oh, that's number seven. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give him the silent treatment now because that's number seven on my list. Today alone is number seven strike. Forget about three strikes. Some of us have ten strikes already. And so what happens is love is patient. Love is kind, but it also holds no evil, no, no, no wrong. How about when someone tries to recompense to you or, or later in life they come to repentance, they have a moment and they repent and they come to you and you're holding on to what they did. You know what most of us do, some of us? It's about time. About time that you got that revelation. <laughs> and so what happens is that you have to have grace for people relationally when they come to seasons of repentance that they hurt you. Come on. Because if you're, listen, 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 take off the mask. If you really want to walk biblically, that means you keep no record of wrong. I'm going to keep going here because I, that didn't go well with my amen corner. Amen. Love never fails. Say love never fails. Okay. The third combination, this is where I'm going to get deep here. The third combination, we're still unlocking this lock here. The first is forgiveness. The first combination, the second spiritual combination is love. Now, I'm getting all these combinations, with the exception of the first one, from Matthew chapter 5. This is the combination. He doesn't give us a key. He gives us combinations. Say amen. Is bless. Wait a minute. Now, now this is where I'm going to, there's a mystery here. I, I don't fully understand it. I, I honestly don't. But there is a supernatural release, man, that happens in your heart and in your mind when you choose to verbally, and I, and I said that right, because the fourth one is already the physical one, so it's, he's not talking about physically just blessing them financially in that, in that sense. What he's saying is when he says, bless those who curse you, what Jesus is saying is bless them verbally. Bless them. Now, I know there's many ways to bless them, but the context of what he was saying is, in your private time, while you're injured, say their name and bless them and, and command that. Oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. I don't mind forgiving people, but I don't want anything good to happen to them. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm preaching good now. You're okay as long as they're bad too. You know, like I'm bad and you're bad, so we're both bad together. I forgive you. But if you're good... If you're moving on without me and you're just free, I don't want to bless that. Come on, I'm the only one preaching what you guys are thinking. You want them to be miserable just like you. Come on, somebody. Why you? See, they're, they're moved on without me. They're happy. Here's the supernatural release that happens in your heart. A couple years ago, I had a, a very uh, hurtful relational uh, situation that happened with me that people that I've known for years have re had had really hurt me and also my wife by some decisions that happened and and then we stopped communicating and guys I'm gonna be transparent I was so down how many have experienced rejection right I was so down and I was so hurt by this relationship that had gone sour and that I couldn't salvage it no matter what I did, I, I just, for some reason, this, the, the, these people that i known for years, we couldn't salvage it. Am I speaking to anybody? Am I speaking to anybody? And it was so heavy that I was going to sleep depressed. I was, it was it's consuming my mind. Now watch, watch. As I am sleeping, I'll never forget this. This happened, this, this happened about a year ago or so. As I'm sleeping, 
I'm thinking about this and I'm heavy, right? And I wake up and I, as I wake up, I go like this. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. And I'm still groggy from sleep. And I woke up. I go, what did I just say? And three times I said, I bless you. But I said the name of, I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. I already forgave them. But I didn't bless them. I can't explain what happened next. But there's something supernatural in the spirit that happens when you bless those who hurt you. What happened in my heart was like a chain went snap. It went pow. And I, I still felt the sting of the hurt, but I felt the weight off of me. And I feel the Holy Spirit for somebody needs to do that today. You've forgiven somebody, but you need to bless them. You need to get to the point where you say, Lord, I bless so-and-so, and I ask that you would release your blessings. And I know at first it's going to sound like this, and I bless her. And I hope they have a bad, great day, and you touch them. Jesus' name. And it's, this goes on with the fifth, the fifth combination because the fifth combination is even deeper. Now, remember, this is all in the context of Jesus talking about people who hurt you. I'm not talking about just your best friends. Yeah, keep blessing your best friends, but that's easy. Oh, I bless my friend. I bless my friends. They're always there for me. Lord, bless them. It's easy to bless someone who gives you money. It's easy to bless someone who's always there. But can you bless somebody who's turned their back on you? Come on, somebody. I'm, come on, somebody. Can you bless somebody who promised to be there, who once was there for you, and no longer is there for you? And can you still have a pure heart in the process? He said, bless them. There's, there, I don't understand this, but this combination completely revolutionized. It, it, was, it was a couple days or, or weeks after that that I felt I was completely released from that. Now, I want to pause and say something. This is not my notes, but it's going to help you. Just because you do this and you do the right things, forgiving doesn't mean that even if you bless them and do these combinations, that you're going to be best friends again. But what will happen is your heart will be tender and healed. That Watch this, watch this, watch this. That when you see them, you won't have that uh, in your spirit. I don't know how to explain that. I don't know. How, I don't have any verbs for that. But you know what I'm saying. Every time you see someone that hurts you, like, uh, hi. Oh, hey, how are you doing? You, could, you know, let me give you a key. Let me give you a, a little tip. How do you know that you're delivered from something relationally from hurt when you could genuinely rejoice when someone that hurts you gets blessed? When you could genuinely rejoice at someone else's promotion that you thought you should have had, and you could genuinely say, man, I'm truly happy for them. If you're not, check yourself. Because I had to bless, and I had to come to the realization, you know what? My relationship with so-and-so may never be the same again, and that's okay. As long as I have blessed them, as long as I am forgiving, as long as I love, I continue going forward. Can I, sit, can I hear an amen? Are you getting something this morning? And then number four, all right? The fourth combination is something that's very, very powerful, but most people don't do. And I'm going to be honest with you. When I read this, I totally skipped over this fourth one. Look at the fourth combination. Look at combination number four. Put it up there. Put that slide up there. The combination number four, while they're working on it, is do good. Everybody say do good. You know why? Because Jesus says, pray, love, love your enemies, right? 
Then he says, bless those who curse you. Then he says, do good to those who hurt you. Wait, wait, do good. Now, what does do good mean? Now, I'm going to pause and say, in my relational conflicts that I have with people, I feel that I have failed in this part for the most part. Because I've forgiven, and I've blessed, and I've loved, but I didn't want to do good. <laughs> I didn't want to do good to them. I'm like, you over there, I'm over here. That's good. We, we're good. You stay over there. <laughs> but how about if you really are kingdom-minded or Jesus-minded and have, and have the sake of freedom of their heart, not just your heart? See, some of us are good in obedience as long as it affects us. How about if you're obedient because it affects somebody else? How about you know that your actions will actually, watch this, soften their heart? Oh, come on, church. You know the Bible says, it says, he says, do good. That means physically, and the translation means physically finding something good and do it for them. You know what the Bible says? It will heap a coal, hot coals over their head. What happens is when you do acts of kindness on purpose, oh, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. When you do acts, I'm giving you combinations. We just, all you got to do is forgive. No, there's more than that. You've got to not only forgive, you got to love, you got to bless them privately, and you got to do good to them. Oh, man. Oh, man. I was not getting any amen from RCC this morning. Look at this. Say, do good. Say, do good. I'm going to give you a scripture. We're, I know we're going late because we had the Holy Ghost moment here, and, and, but it's okay. Now, look at Romans chapter 12 real quick. And then after this, I'll have the, the worship team come up real quick to just play in the background while we, we dismiss you. Look at this. Some, say, do good. Say, do good. Okay. Romans 12, verse 9 through 21. Look at what it says. This is the last scripture. All right. Are you getting this? Now, watch this. Romans 12, verse 9. This is the fourth combination to unlock healing from that's been trapped in your heart and mind. Let love be without hypocrisy. That could preach right there. I love you, man. I wish they would die. That's what we think. I love you, brother. Yeah, right. In, in your mind. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another be, uh, with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, but fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continually steadfast in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints. That's what we want to do. Given to hospitality. Now watch this. I love you, Christina. Thank you for being patient with me. Now watch this. Bless those. Now this is now, this is not just Jesus now. This is now the Apostle Paul now. Bless those who persecute you. Watch this, watch this. Bless and do not curse. We covered that, right? 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 Come on. Come on. Some of us are, are like our gangsters, man. We just like, you know, you're like, no, I ain't going to do that. Then can I be, I'm not trying to be insensitive. But if that's your attitude, then stay bound then. You're going you're gonna to stay bound. If you are uh, hurt, if it's not dealt with, it will manifest in pride. And pride says, I'm not going to do it. Okay, don't do it. But there's going to be a combination that you will never ever be able to unlock. Ever. Try, try opening this with a key. It won't happen. You must have those combinations perfectly in sync at the same time. Are you getting something? 
I could tell you are. Now watch this. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be in the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. This is where I'm getting at. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Here's, here's the thing. The fourth combination. Repay no evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it's possible, I love this, as much, I want you to get this, as depends on you, not the other person. As much as depends on you. Some of us are waiting for other people to come to us. Uh, see, they, see they, they know. They know that they hurt me. Well, pa- pa- are you sure? Pastor George, they know. I told them that they hurt me, and I'm waiting for them to come to me. Come on, somebody. You know it's silent when God is speaking. I'm, I'm just waiting. They know they hurt me, and I'm going to teach them a lesson. What lesson, what lesson are we teaching? Are you going to entrust someone who's broken probably worse than you to, 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 to come to you that doesn't know one of the scriptures? If that happens, it happens. But the Bible says, as, listen, as it depends on you, leave, live peaceably with all men. As it depends on you. Now watch this. Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Leave that up to the Lord. He'll, there'll be a recompense one day. We don't wish that on people, but the Bible says there will be. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, here's the do-good part. Are you ready? Here's the do-good part. It's not just I bless you. If your enemy, he's not your friend, your enemy is hungry, oh my gosh, feed him. The one who did you wrong. The one that hurt you. Bless them with a financial gift. Do something good. Do something so that Something can happen in the spirit realm even with their heart. I've even been the recipient of this. When my heart has been hardened by something and then somebody comes and does something good for me that I felt secretly in my heart that I had a little hurt against them and they came and they gave me something or they did something good, in my mind I'm thinking, they don't think, they're not thinking like I'm thinking. They're smiling at me and I'm mad at them. And they're giving me a gift. You know what that did to my heart? Softened it. Oh, this beautiful. The wisdom of God. Feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. Your enemy. Let's just put insert, not your enemy. Insert your husband and wife who you have conflict with. Your friend that you have conflict with. Your church members that you have conflict with. Do good to them. Watch. What's the result? For in doing so. In doing what? In doing good. You will heap coals of fire on his head. In other words, you're setting them up so that they can have less pain in their heart and they can also be set free. We live in a society, unfortunately a church society, that we contend for breakthrough for our personal lives as long as it heals us. But we don't want the other person that hurt us to really get breakthrough. You got quiet up in this Methodist church. Everybody say do good. Let's, I'm, I'm closing. When's the last time you had a relational conflict? Just, just insert it in your brain. That you actually planned. How can I do good to this person? Oh, man. Oh, man. I wish I had another hour to preach on this. Listen, when's the last, I know you're getting, I know I, I can feel the conviction. That's good. When's the last time you actually planned it out? How about for your marriages? When was the last time you said, you know what? 
I, there's some conflict lately. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to intentionally do something good for my husband or for my wife. I admit that's a hard thing to do sometimes. Are you getting something? And then lastly, this is the last combination. And I felt led to do something at the end. And I would be real quickly. Everybody say pray. Pray for those that cause you pain or conflict. Now, that's probably one of the hardest things to do. Because when you do good to somebody, it's a, a very uh, short interaction. Here you go. God bless you. I felt led to give you that. Bye-bye. But praying for them? I look at the word pray in the Greek. And the word pray here where, where he says pray for those who spitefully use you. Pray for them in your prayer closet. Are you ready? You're going to shout if you love Jesus, but you're not going to shout if you have a, 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 a mediocre view of this word. That word has the, the Greek word of supplication attached to it. It can say supplicate or make supplication. You know what supplication means? To plead, to eagerly, to eagerly plead and to strive. I'm going to read it so I won't get it right. To entreat, to earnestly ask and seek on the behalf of others. That's what, that's what this word prayer means. So it's not, okay, I'm going to get out of the way, Father. I thank you for, for my uncle and my, my, my spouse. And I thank you for Susie over there that hurt me. Let them have a good day. Amen. No. Actually, what it's saying is you and I need to actually spend time praying. Oh, watch this. Oh, I got this revelation. I'm closing with this. For others in your private time in the form of almost intercession. Watch. Look at the brilliance. I didn't see this until yesterday. Doing good. To others that hurt you softens their heart. Praying for others softens yours. Do you hear what I just said? When you pray for doing good softens their heart. But praying and interceding that God will, will, will transform them. That God will bless them. That God will reveal himself to them. That God will do supernatural things in their lives and heal them. Eventually, if you do that kind of prayer... You will develop compassion for those people. You will develop compassion you, and, you, and sometimes to the point of weeping. Jesus comes on and he looks at Jerusalem who up at this point has rejected him and constantly, constantly having failures and failures. And he's looking at Jerusalem from a distance and he begins to weep over them. He begins to weep over a wicked, rebellious, stiff-necked people that are rejecting the Messiah because he has compassion. You know why? Because he spent time praying for them. Oh man, I feel the Holy Spirit. When's the last time in your prayer closet you started interceding for the very person that caused you the most pain relationally? Come on, let this convict you. It's okay. When's the last time it's convicted me? I'll be honest. When's the last time? You know, in my prayer life, if I could be honest with you, I spent very little time praying for those who hurt me. But I've gotten a revelation since studying these things. It's a combination. Hold, hold this mic, somebody. Come here. So here's a combination. Lord, let me do it right. 
So you got forgiveness. You got love. What's the next one? You got bless. All right. See bless. You got doing good. And then you got pray. And then what happens when you do these combinations, suddenly what has been locked up for years becomes open. And now you can breathe again. Now that you could now watch, you can laugh again. Now you could pray again. Some of your prayer lives have been stifled because of you've been chained up. Do you understand that the Bible says in 1 Peter that the wife is the heir of the husband and that we need to watch out how we pre- treat our wives lest our prayers be hindered? So this morning, I want us to stand up. We're going to do this really quickly. I felt led from the Lord for you to contend for these five combinations. How many of you want to contend for these five? Let's say it together. Let's say it. Forgive. Come on. Say it. Forgive. Love. Bless. Do good. Pray. One more time. Forgive. Love. Bless, do good, and pray for those who hurt you. Hold hands right now. Father, we ask that you would release this into our lives. I pray, Lord God, that this combination will be so real that it's not just something we heard at church, that we'll go home and say, you know what? I need to bless somebody more, or I need to do good to someone specific that hurt me. I need to do good specifically to someone who hurt me. And I need to start praying for those who hurt me. If you're like me, that was a convicting point in my life. When I read these scriptures, I said, I have not prayed. I forgave them and I love them, but I didn't do good. I didn't didn't do something intentional to, to make them feel good. I didn't treat them out to lunch. I didn't give them a financial gift. I didn't do anything like that, nor did I pray for them. Guess what? The Lord says, that's why you're still feeling the same way. But when I did, I felt total freedom. Do they deserve it? No. But does your heart deserve it? Yes. Come on, let's just pray real quick. Come on, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name. Come on, pray that for your family. Pray that for your friends. Come on, say, God, I want these five combinations to be real. I want forgiveness. I want love. I want to bless others that hurt me. I want to do good. And I want to pray. Give me that strength. In the name of Jesus, give me that strength. Give me that strength. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.